is Love in the Air and my name is Johan Strampel. This is a podcast where I sit down with people and we talk about love. In this episode, it's actually quite something special and something something new. <laughs> I'm, I'm meeting with two people at the same time. Two friends of mine. Both are therapists, Therese Bogan and Maria Tari. I actually asked Therese about coming to talk with me, and, and, and then she asked if it would be possible to to take Maria with us. And of course, Maria is actually the, the first one I did the, the podcast talk with early test a dear friend of mine so here we meet at Therese's workspace at the Boulevardi where she normally meets her clients so this was a, a, a different setup and we end up talking about relationships, about communication, about sex, sexuality, it's a really, and this is probably the longest also talk I published, almost an hour and a half, but I thought it's, it's worth it, I'm not, I'm not cutting it into pieces. And also this is a start for something, something new. Uh, some months ago I went to New York. I recorded 10 new episodes. And this is now kind of starting a series. So I have this episode and then I have one more in my archives. And, and then it's going to be the 10 episodes from New York. So it's going to be 12 episodes now. In English and so it's gonna be like almost six months fixed content and one big thing is also that these podcasts will start to be available through One Quart magazine it's a it's an online magazine based in Helsinki focusing on culture art and politics so it's gonna be available on their website, on their SoundCloud, and on iTunes. But this will also be available on my SoundCloud and lovepodcast.fm, as usually. I think this is enough of my, my introduction, and let's, let's go straight to the talk. How did you get to know each other? I I contacted Maria after she did one of the creative mornings. She was a speaker. Yeah. Mm. And it was very loud and clear to me. I was like, oh, I have to know this woman. Mm. Because she was speaking about all of this stuff that I know some about and I've experienced some. And it's connected to what I do. Uh, but it's not so much here in Finland. 
And it's this mm. body awareness yeah. that combines spirituality and sexuality mm. and it's just it's just not here as much. And it's it's uh, sometimes um, really challenging or edgy for even some of our closest friends to go there. And so when I heard her speaking about it, I was like, oh my God, it's a Finnish person who's talking about it. Yeah, it's a connection. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So how did you react when Therese reached out? I was very happy to, to meet her. And mm-hmm. when I, when I, when I was sitting with you in the first, like, when we met for the yeah. first time, I was like, she is here. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> like, you're just so present mm. that there's very few people that actually can hold that much presence mm. and not fade away, not fade away, not fade away. So it was like, I like this. This is really comforting. This is really Like this is where I want to be um, connecting, and this way. Yeah. And mm. I am really drawn to people that don't kind of, um, what is the word? Kind of, kind of start to like um, move around when I'm creating the connections. Yeah. That, like, like people find my connection sometimes so intense because yeah. it's not like um, when I'm there, I'm there. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot of feedback that I'm very intense as well. Yeah. I mean, and in my professional life, people come to expect it and that's what they need. Yeah. But in my personal life, sometimes I think, Mm. yeah, I've had a similar experience where, especially in friendship, if someone is starting to get to know me, they will sort of dance about. Yep. In my presence. And I start to feel like I'm this like (laughs) rock. And they're like kind of skipping around, and I'm like, I don't know where you're, yeah, going. But yeah, and then I'll get the feedback that I'm very intense. And... Yeah, but isn't it funny how <laughs> rare it is to find a person who is present? Yeah, who doesn't just go off and on and off and on, on and off. Mm. It's crazy, crazy rare. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I find that shocking. Mm. I guess because I like being present and I want that. Yeah. I find it a bit shocking when maybe people have trouble getting there. Yeah. Or maybe they don't value that. Mm. Or maybe they are afraid of that, that place, because then everything is there, just open Mm -hmm. in a way. You can't make it. Yeah. No place to hide. That's that. Next question. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking about um, people to talk with, and I contacted you. Yeah. And you said you wanted to have Maria to to join the talk. You wanted to talk with Maria. Yeah. Can you tell me something about that? Like, how, how did you think about? I guess that's the same things you just said earlier, but like. Sure, I can add on to that as well. Uh, to be more specific, I think there's a there's language and talk and emotion that's really needed around certain topics in love and being present and spirit. 
and Maria and I can go there. We can talk about that. Mm. And I think it's, uh, I think it's really powerful and needed. And yeah, that's what made me think about talking about love with Maria all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I was saying before we met, or before we started recording, that it's it's kind of a special, mm-hmm. special moment. <clears throat> First of all, with it's been really important with with Maria. We kind of she she encouraged me to to start this project, and she's kind of been supporting me. So it's it's really nice to to sit down with her mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And and I remember the first when I first got the idea about working on the topic of love. Mm-hmm. I remember when I got the I got this epiphany, <laughs> like it's really like a like a like a sign, like okay, love, meaning of life is love. And I was like, then I called Marie, and I was like, "What is? What is? I got, I got this, I got this message. <laughs> what is this? And what should I do about this?" And so, um, um, do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really grateful for for having people like like this in my life. I was thinking about some maybe some short introduction about yourselves mm-hmm. for 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 listeners. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, you want me to go first? Yeah. Well, sure, okay. Um, I am uh, an American living here in Helsinki. I am Therese. I am intense. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, I feel like I'm making a bit of a haiku. But... Uh, my my craft is psychotherapy and i professionally have been uh, working with people and groups and teams and companies and all kinds of different ways that people come together for just about 20 years now um and when i was a younger woman and professional i did not work as a psychotherapist or in the therapeutic world or anything like that. Before I trained to be a psychotherapist, I was really kind of um, floating around and flitting around and really uh, going about grabbing different things that I wanted to try. What kind um, of things? Well, I, I, I was really serious about academia and I chose uh, to study postmodern thought, and I thought I was on a really serious academic track, and so I was very deeply in that world. And so for the first four years of my university education, I had this thought bubble over my head where I was going to be a professor, and I was going to spend my life in those libraries with all those real live paper books and uh, be writing on paper with a pen and like just the all of that was my vision of myself and I kind of wrapped myself in that and about halfway through those four years I I just became completely disillusioned with it and I my passion at the time was music and I was very deeply in this pretty 
pretty r rare on the edge scene in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And uh, I decided to leave everything after I completed my degree and I moved to Chicago and I worked in the um, independent music scene for about five years. And I did publicity. So it was, <laughs> it was just like a total change of change of scene absolutely radically different it was a lot of bars and a lot of men and hardcore music and um socialist politics for me personally and feminism and questioning my identity and questioning my sexuality and zero rules i was almost anarchistic i'm not very much an anarchist though but it, I really kind of threw everything out and I was in that little world and lived, lived in it for five years. And again, I, I had another experience where I was like, this is my life. This is how I'm going to live my life. I'm never going to own a house. I'm never going to own a car. I'm going to ride my bike everywhere. I'm going to make all my food. I'm going to make all my clothes. I'm going to, you know, it, it was so complete. Um, and then I went on a holiday and visited some of my lovely political socialist friends in California and completely fell in love with it. And six months later, I moved out there and changed everything, everything, everything. I started working for a consulting firm for the biotech industry, and I was in a totally different world. Everything about the way that I looked changed. Everything about the people around me changed. I was suddenly in this completely different world and I worked in consulting and helped them make conferences. And um, I was given an assignment with some other folks who were much more talented than me to make one of these crazy websites that everyone seems to want to make. And that was it. <laughs> that was kind of like the beginning of this whole other world. So I did that. I worked in startups for five years. Um, year after year, I started getting these more and more ridiculously high titles. Um, I can honestly say that I didn't know what I was doing most of the time. Um, my, my best moments were when I was helping people and leading people. And uh, other than that, I was pretty much out of my depth. And I was honest about it. A lot of the time I would go to other people and I'd be like, hey, I have engineer in my title. And I'm really bad in math. Anybody care about that? And no, no, no one cared. They were like, just keep going, Therese. It's okay. Here you go. Have another title. Have another team. Just keep it moving. So this is when actually I stopped having just one life. And a, and a spiritually devout life started developing outside of work. And that's when something really different started happening in my life. That's when I started realizing, okay, I have an inside place and I need to start to foster that. And I need to ask myself some big questions and start to decide what kind of life do I want? What, what, is that, what does that really mean to me? 
Um, so long story short, my devotional life in meditation, Buddhism, yoga, those kind of practices were way more important than what I was doing during my day. So I went back and I went to a really beautiful school that specialized both in psychotherapy and in those practices I just named. And I got my degree, got my license and started being a psychotherapist. So yeah, now I'm a woman with many worlds. <laughs> and I look pretty much the same. I look really plain and preppy. And I'm in all of these different worlds, and I'm very much a person in each of these different worlds. And I think that makes me, back to what we were talking about earlier, I think that makes me much more present. And maybe somebody to hold on to for people. Yeah. That's... Thank you. Yeah. Your turn. Yeah, all right. So I'm Maria and I work. Oh, this is hard. <laughs> um, my field is body awareness and embodiment. How to come into contact with this, this um, three dimension, three dimensional um, moving package that we have on this planet. Um, my speciality is, is sexuality and intimacy because this, um, this is kind of the essence of what body is. There's no talk about body unless there's talk about sexuality because we are sexual beings. I work mainly through one-on-one um, -on -one practices, so it could look like something like um, like a normal therapy, like normal therapy, like traditional therapy of that <laughs> the kind that Therese is doing, mm -hmm. and yet we are addressing subconscious because body is a direct pathway to subconscious mind, so it can be very um, intuitive and very fluid process of not really knowing what's going to come up. I'm sure not, like a modern psychotherapy is addressing these same same kind of topics and I'm sure that your practice there is, is yeah. going, going um, towards a similar, similar kind of approach to a human being. I also run courses, uh, workshops where the tone is a bit lighter. Um, it could be embodiment practices, uh, meditations that are addressing body, and some gentle movement to be to become more aware of, of where we are. Um, yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm coming from a very artistic background, so I've been dealing with subconsciousness most of my life. Mm -hmm. Drawing, painting. So always going in that world that is beyond 
our um, rational mind. That's been always my fascination. And I've never been too scared about going in there, so that makes me quite strong. Because I'm not, I'm not scared of craziness. And that's a, that's, a, that's a very good skill to have in this world. Mm -hmm. And there's also weaknesses in that because there's no limit to how deep I can go. So I, I have to be quite aware to contain somehow my practices and also create some safety around it. So I think presence and engaging with the body is one of the ways to anchor ourselves into this reality. So that would be me in a short. Mm. I could go into lengths about like uh, I, I've had similar. I'm, I'm thinking a shapeshifter yeah. comes into my mind when I listen to you. And yeah. I have very similar way of um, being curious about different kinds of lives, different kinds of uh, characters that are living inside me. I'm so curious about um, how many people are there in me? Yeah. So, so kind of, I also felt that it's something that ties all of us together in a way. This yeah. this idea of of like like how 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 am I present in this world and, and like mm -hmm. what 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 are what are my roles and yeah and, yeah and kind of this this kind of struggles yeah. and. I only started my practice as a professional um, this year, so it's very new. So we're mm -hmm. like kind of like the beginner and the very, um, very mature and mm -hmm. and experienced practitioner. And we are working in different uh, field a little bit, but but yeah, kind of related, yeah, related, but yeah. different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm only kind of shaping my practice, yeah. and it is also new in the world. So I don't yes. have many reference points. So I'm I'm creating something, something very unique in here. And as so. you said, something that's yeah. that's nobody's really doing this in in Finland. Nope. Nope. And it's 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 always hard to be the the one kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah. shaping shaping new grounds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. How have you felt? How you found people here to 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 support you and. and Oh, the ones that I find are fantastic, absolutely mind-blowingly yeah. supportive, loving, caring, everything. Oh, that's good to hear. And at the same time, maturity just don't get what I'm doing. And it's, it's kind of like causing a bit of fear, especially when we are dealing with subconscious mind, which is always predictable, uh, unpredict mm. unpredictable mm -hmm. in a way that we we can't control everything and we would rather keep that illusion of control at all times it would be so much more convenient safe somehow reading reading about your posts about like also kind of the struggles of of, of finding the audience and and like yeah targeting communicating communi yeah communicating yeah. like finding the right language yeah because people are as you said like if, if you would do different kind of courses that would be people wouldn't be afraid to come in a way yeah. if you if you target and if you use different kind of language and like but also being authentic about what what is really important and mm. like 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 taking 
I'm not, not going into that path of doing some kind of nonsense work and mm. you see like what is really valuable and, mm. and, and, and it's... And also I'm coming up with a question, do people want to hold on to the problems they know already? Mm. Like is that actually more attractive than to to walk out and find and discover something unexpected? So that's my inquiry right now, like... Oh! It sounds scary. <laughs> um, and this, this is just something that I'm, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah. Could it be that we're so much more comfortable with our mundane problems that mm. it feels soothing? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, a known problem is much more comforting than the unknown, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if we look at it from the problem side, but there's also much more potency and opportunity in the unknown because, yeah, it's open, it's an open field. Yeah. 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 And it's often where love lies. Mm. Yeah. Could you el elaborate? Tell me more about this. Mm, um, well, I'm I listening to Maria talk about uh the unconscious and um well as human beings we're we're built as a, this huge creature this organism that really wants to function in the conscious we want to function in our daily life about mm. you know in in areas that we know i know generally what my head sounds like in the morning at noontime when I'm at lunch or whatnot and in the evening and I know about these things about me and uh, that's what we call health that's what we consider the healthy part of ourselves is this area in our in our awareness and in our mind that we're familiar with when um, when you when you kind of throw a stone out into an area in your consciousness that you can't see and maybe you take your beloved by the hand and you say hey let's go over there um, this is where a whole other part of you and your beloved shows up and it's scary and it's edgy or it's exciting or it's it's usually the feelings and the places in our mind, in our body, in our emotions that don't come up on your average day. Mm. And that is truly beautiful. We don't always feel that way about it. Sometimes we feel as though that's a threat. Mm. And that's another way our, our body naturally functions, is that we, we want to keep it in the known zone. <laughs> Right? And so when we get some of these outlier moments or feelings or whatnot, uh, there's, there's this great system inside of us that, that sets an alarm off that says, hey, that's, that doesn't look like the other thoughts and feelings you normally have. Maybe we should kill it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then even though we have that alarm system, we, we have a choice to override it and go investigate and say, hey, maybe I want to check out what that outlier place is all about and maybe that can become a part of me. Mm. 
or a part of us. Yeah. And that experience is usually what most of us are looking for when we're looking or talking about reconnecting, rekindling our love, starting again, repairing, rediscovering each other, getting to know ourselves even, just authentic love with our own self, but also with others. So, yeah. Do, do, you, do you work a lot with couples? I work a lot with couples, yeah. yeah. Yeah, about a third of my time I work with yeah. couples and couples and families. That kind of core love bond. Yeah. And lots of lots of the couples that I work with, they they like to come to me because I'm I am an outlier here. Here in Helsinki. And even if they are not here in Helsinki, they can see either in my professional life or just in the fact that I lived in live in Finland that I am not like the others, and people want that yeah. um, because they have a love that maybe doesn't look homogeneous. It doesn't it doesn't match the monoculture that they're in. Hmm. Maybe the two people in the couple are from different cultures, from different racial backgrounds, from different spiritual backgrounds, from different class backgrounds, all kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, I, I was asking people a little bit, what is the main problem or main challenge in their relationship? And presence came up, like the lack of, yeah. lack of presence. And the other subject was, um, different needs in sexual areas, so different pace or different, you know, different needs. So these two came up. What, what's your experience on, on what's, what's bubbling the uh, most? Yeah, um, difference, I would agree with, mm. most definitely. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, meeting the challenge or, or, or trying to say yes to this challenge of, of understanding how much difference mm. there really is between two people. Really, when it boils down, any kind of stuckness or impasse or problem or disagreement that we can't get past is because there's there's a way, if I'm in a partnership, I just can't see the other side. I can't quite be present enough. My eyes are not wide enough. My ears are not big enough. I can't quite be present and catch the signal that yeah. the other one is sending. Oh yeah, I, I love that. It's almost like it's it's not there for them, like almost yeah. invisible or unheard, like, yeah. Yeah, and then I often see or hear or feel on the other side of a partnership that's in that kind of position. You know, the other one is like screaming and yelling and kind of, trying all these different ways to stand on their head and be seen and be like hey what if I do this and what if I burn our our relationship to the ground can you hear me now <laughs> <laughs> present yet <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's 
it's um yeah it's it's terribly it's terribly trying and frightening and and exhausting for all of us to do alone and sometimes it's just I wonder what you think about this Maria Mm -hmm. sometimes if I'm just in the room and we're just beginning and I kind of just reflect and repeat back to them what I hear them experiencing boom suddenly they can see each other and hear Mm -hmm. each other so much more yeah what do you think do you feel like when you're just present that changes things for yeah our bodies can support and there's something magical about the the body's ability to almost like tune into another the the tune the other person to a different radio station almost like it feels like the frequency changes or something changes and then all of a sudden we can see different things yeah and that's like how did this happen <laughs> what's what's going on it's almost like these uh, layers or something has been removed from the uh, in front of the vision yeah yeah, yeah i i understand what you mean yeah it sounds like like creating space and, mm. and but already but but for people to come for a couple to come to see you yes there has to be already a strong intention of of wanting to work together and and and, 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 and making progress or kind of going into the unknown yes yes i would say so i mean even it, it, not everyone feels like uh, again in their conscious mind they don't always feel as though they're absolutely courageous <laughs> and ready sometimes they feel exhausted and mm. battered and mm. they have no courage left maybe they've been trying and trying and trying already but nevertheless even if someone is you know a battered traveler and they they're still showing up that says to me that they have enough motivation mm. to to try and to experience this even simple shift that Maria is explaining yeah. of me being present in the same room or Mar- someone like Maria being present in the same room when they're opening themselves up hmm. yeah i'm um, i haven't done this work so long that i could say what's like what's my typical situation but i would mm-hmm. say that somebody that comes to see me would come as an individual even if they are in a couple they would like to work on something personal so it it kind of like i'm i'm offering a space when they want to create more autonomy autonomy yeah, what's the autonomy, word like yeah. they want to become more independent within the relationship without breaking out or breaking up so they want to find something that belo- once belonged to them maybe they lost it on the way and they kind of want want to start working around that how, how was i before and what's happened to me while i've been engaged with this person and who am i now mm, yes so this is this is the difference maybe and um yeah i'm, I'm curious if there will be couples work for me also in the future but i'm quite i'm quite interested in this kind of like when the symbiotic phase of the relationship is over and the, there's the separation 
there needs to be some kind of balance at some point. You can't stay in the symbiotic state for What is the symbiotic stage? It's yeah. it's like when you fall in love, you just fill your world with this other mm. and you're kind of together. You, your bodies are melting together. You're making love like there's no uh, end to it. Yeah. And there's there's very deep connection and deep um yeah, embrace. And mm. At some point there needs to be separation because the desire can't stay alive. The connection can't stay alive un unless there's two separate people. Otherwise you're going to, going to end up merged and, and lose your identity. So that's, that's, this, that's the place when, when people would come and see me. Yeah, I like That's I like what you're I like what you're saying about mm. symbiosis and mm. then I think so many people when they start learning that these are sort of uh, universal experiences yeah. that we go we go together with our our beloved other whoever they are and we become so one like almost in a womb together we recreate we change ourselves really through the fire of that desire and we become one uh, and it's such a shock to find out this universal law that that one immediately cleaves or separates then into two within the one and then maybe even again and again but that there's a bond around the two uh, I think a lot of people have many, many experiences when they, when they start to understand that universal law. Some people are thrilled by it, other people are terrified by it, other people more are carrying very, very old, many generations old trauma about it and are shocked when that comes up and comes out because it doesn't feel like them. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm a hopeless and forever dyed-in-the-wool optimist. <laughs> <laughs> and I do believe in love. I do. And yeah. I do believe in that separation that can happen with within a bond and the bond is stronger yeah. yeah and i say that out loud to people i put my foot down hard and firm and i do not let go and i think maria you do that too mm. right yeah mm. when you're holding someone's body yeah 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 yeah, and that's the beauty of the separation, that it's not there to separate. Like, yeah, it's, it's called separation, but it's kind of like just taking distance so you can see the other yeah. other person better. Yeah. So it, and, see, like, and see oneself as well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's, that's yeah. a crucial part of... Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I think you said it. I think yeah. uh, separating enough to witness the other and see yourself at the same time. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's bliss. Yeah. The more the more we can practice that, 
the more experiences we have of love and the richer the picture and the witnessing of the other person becomes. And then, of course, then I can see myself. If I can see another more clearly, I can then see myself in this new way. It, it feeds me. Yeah, it's a very delicate process because it's easy to understand, like, okay, now I'm, I'm being left or I'm... Oh, this other person is going away and I feel like there's separation, but that's not really it. Mm. And it can be a very delicate space to be in. Mm. Many people, I think, may actually split up at this point. They, yeah. they think that, okay, love is over. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, love is over because I don't, I don't feel like quitting my job and just staying in bed with you all day. <laughs> Yeah. So we must want different things. Hmm. We must be so different. <gasps> oh, in the light of day, the lights have come on and hmm. I feel like you are suddenly a different creature from me. So this must mean that we have to split completely. Hmm. And it's not so. And I think that is the... Like, I've been thinking lately... Uh, the the challenge is not to find love but to receive love and after that kind of you know when the symbiosis starts to melt away that is the hard bit when we still need to receive love and be able to you know recognize it in the other at the same time when they are moving away a little bit so mm -hmm. that's like oh how do i how do i keep this together because i yes. still because that is the point where it's so easy to shut down and okay like look okay you just go just go and and i'm i'm shut down and and that's the delicate moment of when how to keep ourselves open in that separation and yeah. still receive yeah yeah True. or even just wouldn't you say just hold the feelings or the thoughts or mm. whatever you got from the experience the last time you had contact and you were present with with your other it's almost this challenge of like how long can I just hold that for myself I, that's what I'm thinking about when I hear you say receiving mm. love mm. and that can be really challenging people mm. want to shut down or they want to maybe it's easier I, I often hear people tell me well when it's done it's done we have our weekends and I, I get rid of it. Oh, you mean it's done, it's done. When it's done, it's done? Uh, what, I, what I often hear are people who tell me when they, when they have an experience with someone they're coupled with, mm. that they love, and they're past this um, in-love, symbiotic place that Maria's been describing, they get into kind of a rigid experience of love they have daily routines and they're either in a love space with the person they're coupled with maybe literally even having sex or in some sort of sexual contact or they're outside of it and these are two different people they experience their own self as i'm the per we we are having sex we are not having sex we are on a date, we are not on a date. <laughs> it's very rigid. Mm. And it's hard for people to sometimes um, 
expand their experience to kind of hold on or savor. Take it in a little deeper. Or even allow themselves to have an entire sexual encounter just for their own self, even if their partner is present for part of it, and really convince themselves that was for me. This is feeding me. I'm getting this love for me. Uh, That is extremely challenging Mm. for folks. Mm. We get very other-oriented. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that... um, The body awareness is always a personal experience, and that's why I'm coming... Like... um, the, the the idea in my heart, mind is not very well formed, but w- when I'm talking about, let's say, hands, mm. you are experiencing what you're touching, but it's it's a it's your experience of mm. the world and how you perceive your sensations. So it's when we when when we start to talk about sex that's easier maybe to understand but the same applies to love it's it's an internal space and most definitely yeah most definitely and i can only imagine if like people are listening to me say that (laughs) saying this they're they're saying to themselves this is so abstract what is she talking about but i also believe that um or I should just really say that I'm 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 amazed weekly when I witness people start to to get on board with receiving love for themselves. Yeah, they uh, they affirm my own choice to do that mm-hmm. because they say things like, "I think I see now the better kind of parent I want to be." I think it means something to my adult sisters or my children or my cousins or my friends when I know for sure I'm getting love from them. Mm. I think that means something to them. People say that to me and I'm like, yes. Oh, yeah, Yeah, it does. It does. It means a lot to other people if we take them in. Like if I take in your presence really truly as you are whatever pain you're carrying whatever memories you can't figure out why they're following you around and haunting you when i really take in somebody's presence that's a gift to me it touches something in me Hmm. yeah and it's a whole shift of perspective in a way because we're so um so trained to reach out some like just grab instead of receiving allowing something in and it changes the whole world pretty much because it's so easy to like say like okay nobody loves me i can't find love well what's your presence what's your bodily awareness have you opened something in you that can actually feel receive take in Mm -hmm. digest nurture uh, so that's that for me that that was huge and it's still an, an, an ongoing process oh definitely 
and yeah it's gonna be a lifetime <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so much more rich experience mm -hmm. yeah well, life is an ongoing process. <laughs> well, <laughs> very true. Very oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. How? What do you think about like? Talk a lot about couples and and, mm -hmm. and how love plays out there. But if you would define love, what what, what is it that comes to your mind? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, I would say something that I try to keep in my heart and in my mind is that love comes in many different forms and shades. Uh, because we have all of these, as you were saying earlier, we have all of these roles mm. and I can identify in myself, I have all these different parts of self um, but I have these different relationships that different parts of me are in. Um, I am a daughter and a granddaughter and a sister and a niece and an aunt and a friend and a lover. And, you know, I'm a form of a parent in many relationships. So are all those loves the same? Certainly not. Uh, mm. You know, and I think, I think what's really troubling for a lot of people sometimes is that if we just draw a line between sex love and, and love, then we're really robbing ourselves of the richness that can happen when, when past that symbiotic phase, which is this incredible explosion that I would never... Mm -hmm. I would never want to give up or convince anyone else to skip in life. It's definitely worth it. But it's it's really just a creative explosion that goes into a place where love deepens and intimacy deepens and what's called agape can arrive. And agape is a form of, you know, uh, love that happens between all creatures. I wouldn't even limit it to humans. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about this universal, I am one, I am a part of everything, yeah. and I am separate, I am my own self. And there's a way that I can love my sisters and my friends with just as much devotion, desire, and depth as I would my closest sexual love. Mm -hmm. And that's agape. Uh, and we need relationships with deep intimacy to develop that capacity. Agape isn't given out, you know, mm -hmm. like a meal ticket to every human. We have to, we have to, <laughs> we have to develop that. Yeah, and it's a skill. It's a skill and it's a mm -hmm. choice. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't just drop off the conveyor belt into our mouths. So I think... <laughs> I think that's a stunner for a lot of people. That's a real oh, yeah. stunning wake-up call. Uh, you know, do I want a Porsche or some agape in this life? Oh. And unfortunately, many people are piling Porsches into landfills, and not many people are swallowing the beautiful droplets of agape. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like this cultural thing, thinking of 
of okay now I know what love is and I'm gonna reach out for it I've seen it in the movies mm. I've seen it yeah. in the books yeah this is what it looks like here's the and I'm gonna get it yeah. no matter what <laughs> <laughs> and that's only the surface level of it's of, only the beginning yeah it's yeah it's almost like this um, very superficial idea of of how it should look like. It's like, almost like like, like, like a mirage. Yeah, it's almost like I'm I'm seeing a new gadget or I'm, yeah. I'm seeing a new car yeah. and that's yeah. how it looks like. So uh, I'm gonna yeah. get it. Yeah. Instead of like savoring the experience of what's present really. And how do I receive? How do I take it in? Yeah. You both have a, a a practice of meditation. Yeah. Is it yeah. is it something so I, I feel like when we're meditating, it's there's this there is this connection of of, of going to love in a way, going mm -hmm. to the, the to the well of yeah, most of, definitely of, of power yeah. and you know, like strength yeah, and a place where 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 I can kind of find I can feel the spirit is like love is the, the home of the spirit yeah. Yeah, what really strikes me often is that that experience can be much stronger than between human beings. Mm. And uh, it, it has been a confusing one for me because it's almost mm. like, oh, okay, so I can have this strong um, understanding of what love is. And yet um, I'm not sure how to create that within a human to human contact because it's like there's no distraction oh. there's no humanness in that you know in a way mm, kind of like yes. okay i'm there uh, as a human being of course but the experience is so so strong and so pure that uh, it can be very um it can create quite a lot of desire to just grab that and and almost like the mind wants to uh -huh. just like hold on that yeah how do you experience that yeah it's, well, the meditative mind, uh, yeah, I mean, the meditative mind can merge with my experience of my physical body and my emotions. <clears throat> and I, I find that, uh, you know, tempting just as much as anybody else. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. Um, although... Uh, unless I really tie that level of devotion to a system that serves others, then it's an addiction like any yeah. other. Yeah, so exactly. The, so specifically the examples in life of when people do tie devotion to a system that serves is when they're nuns or monks. Mm -hmm. or, And we all might have opinions about that, but literally mm -hmm. those institutions are there to serve communities and serve the public in one way or another, either to teach spiritual practice or to create temple spaces in communities for people to worship. And those devotional people are literally doing a service, but their sexuality and their other love bonds here on planet Earth with their brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and children, if they have them, they do dissolve a bit. Yeah. Or totally. Mm -hmm. Because 
their other connections with their body and their emotions are being sublimated to create this divine sort of laser beam experience Mm. of love. And there are some hard choices when it comes down to being a human being. You know, it does come down yeah. to limits. Yeah. Um, if you go into that devotional space, fine, good. I totally wholeheartedly believe in that. Uh, although it's not my personal choice. And, yeah. and again, I hear us talking about choices, right? Mm. Um, yeah. I think devotional space can be created in life without going all the way into being a nun or a monk. Yeah, and and there's something that this current world needs more. Like yeah. we need people that are practicing, are choosing love and yeah. and spiritual practices and and servicing in this world in this like modern day life so that people would have more hope more you know more somehow more space to 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 practice love so yeah as you say i also appreciate that kind of devotion but it can be brought into this modern day life and it it's it serves more people i remember that was one of my fears when i started to explore my own spirituality uh-huh. yeah I, i was kind of i had this idea that that damn that like do i can i can i kind of go this path now and i can then i have to become a monk or something oh, like i kind yes. of have to really devote myself to this but it was really uh an important thing to 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 then see and and and, and feel and really have that notion that 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 no actually it's makes much more sense to 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 bring that practice into the daily life yes. <laughs> where, where you meet people and, and, and yes. do interact interact with people and and as you said it it's brings much more joy and it's it's more useful mm. from from my my, my personal perspe- perspective because i i didn't want to to leave my my wife and, and family yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to. And imagine yeah. if all yeah. all loving people would be sitting in caves. <laughs> Who would yeah. we have here yeah. amongst us? Exactly. Like we need to wake up here yeah. and do our work here and devote time to all of it. Spiritual and practical and and human work as well. Yeah. 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 Everything together. So I prefer to be a love warrior on on this kind uh, of yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> or pra- practical manners. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> I think that's really true, and I see a lot of people out there who are also in that role, that love warrior mm-hmm. position of, of taking a stand and being grounded, mm-hmm. but being brave enough to tie their spirituality to their love life, their sex life, their friendship. Yeah, their professional voice, being brave enough to take a stand in that and say, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I have a spirit, and I, I have a body. I have sex too. Mm-hmm. I'm not hiding it. I'm not lying about it. I'm not going to give it up because I'm over a certain age, or I'm a certain gender, or I'm in a certain kind of relationship." Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's being a love warrior for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and what I've been working on lately, like this is this is a theme that comes up all over again uh, in my work, is the love and sex split in our society, as you were oh, mentioning. Yeah. It's it's a huge one, and I'm all only starting to like touch the surface of the 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 size of the um, of this phenomenon in 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 the society. And lately I've been talking to people and they're saying like, when I started to combine love and sex, really like being in that vulnerable state, it feels like starting all over again. Yeah. Like I have no idea what to do with my beloved in the bed. Yeah. Because I feel so, so vulnerable, so kind of like, I, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> so it's that. It's that um, deep in in our culture that, that these these two things have been separated somehow. To be more like like okay, love is pure and sex is dirty. So we have those okay. Yeah. Let's separate them because it's easier. And now when when people start to wake up to bring them together more and more, it's a very very vulnerable place to be. And very interesting and curious, of course. But mm. it, as we started to speak about the unknown, yeah, that most definitely start to bring out, out something that is very unknown for for a couple or for for a person who is entering a new relationship, starting to practice this. Yeah, mm. I totally agree with your description of being split, and I think we could probably name ten other splits around sex and love. I think another big one uh, is is this known unknown place that you just brought up. Um, so many people who describe their sex lives to me when I'm working will will explain this pattern, and here it is: we met, we fell in love, we were wild, young, free, we had incredible sex. It burned hot. We were totally into it. And then six months later, life went back to normal. We're really good friends now. And uh, I have no idea what our sex is for. Maybe we have a few kids. Maybe we don't. Whatever that choice is. But but I have no idea what sex is for at this point. And uh, I feel like I just have to kind of do it like cleaning the bathroom tiles. I feel like I have to just... You know, we have to live up to some idea that we have that maybe there's a statistic or a number that other people are doing it like once a month or something. So we mm -hmm. force ourselves through it yeah. and then we get back to how we normally love each other. Ah, normally, yes. Yeah, normally yeah. love each other. <laughs> and, and it always amazes me. I'm like, okay, so the sex, it doesn't sound like a lot of fun for one thing, but... Uh, is there something normal about the sex that you're having? Like, is that also routine? And absolutely, most of the time, people say, yes, we have, we have developed a way, like uh, a routine, if you will, sort of like, as I said, cleaning the bathroom tiles or brushing your teeth or something, where our body literally takes over and we do it literally by rote, this position, that position, my hands here, you know, uh, my legs there, and then we're done. And it 
they will tell me that their body just takes over and just, quote, does it. And then they get done with it. Like all of these other body routines we might have. And that one is the known. We're not playing around with the unknown. Our sexuality is no longer present. Our, our self is no longer present. We have merely created another body habit. And that one breaks my heart. That one makes me really want to be delicate and kind enough to try to invite them in to trying something a little different, to, to, to open up to the idea, hey, there's an unknown place between you and your beloved. There's a, there's a whole place there, a whole buffet of sex there <laughs> that could be explored. But I'm sure this is also, Maria, it's got to be something that you're touching in people as well when mm. you work with them. Yeah. And the, so, yeah, the, as, I, as I was describing, they would come um, and work with me to find out what this unknown is. Yeah. And it's, it tends to be so that the, the other one is more somehow um, brave or curious about it. And they are hoping that by working with me, they can bring something new into the, into the uh, yeah. coupledom. What has been the experience, like then kind of the bringing it in? Um, if, if the other part, I, the partner I, is reluctant to. Uh, oh, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have answer for mm. that. Ooh, what, yeah. do you, what do you mean? I oh. haven't had enough of time to, yeah. to say something general. I haven't had time to experience what's what's the, you know, result. Yeah. Ah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I'll say I, I don't know if for instance, anyone I've worked with has specifically worked with Maria, mm. but over the, you know, uh, 15 years or so specifically that I've been working with couples and their sex lives, I've worked with other professionals who are similar to Maria mm. in, in Maria's work in, um, in other places in the world. Now, when I work with a couple who explores their sexuality in this way where they experience uh, something like Maria's body work and uh, also spiritual and psychological education that comes along with the body work that Maria provides. It is a wordless experience that they're having. And I think the biggest result, no matter how it feels, no matter what feelings come up, if it feels terrible or beautiful or opening or closing, what they do is they come out of a more, uh, an office and an experience with someone like Maria mm. and they begin putting words to it yeah. on the inside of themselves and with their partner. Oh, I went and I had this session and it felt like this mm. and it reminded me of this and it scared the hell out of me for these reasons and it made me really angry and I don't know why mm. and it made me uh, think about my mother why would I be thinking about my mother yuck with my sexuality I don't want to have in those two thoughts <laughs> together icky yeah. but wait what is that yeah and then there's that dialogue yeah and 
And even if it's just the beginning of that kind of a dialogue between two intimate partners who have the courage to take the next step, well, then the next experience when those body feelings are had in their private love life, Mm. something else comes out. I do trust that about the body and about the mind. Something else comes. Yeah, and also because um, my focus is on body awareness. Um, And this is kind of like a hard topic for me because I'm mostly working on individuals Mm. and their their personal, let's say, spiritual and body awareness Mm. development. So it's not just coupled on that they are gearing towards, they are gearing towards being more present in their life, Mm. feeling more, feeling more deeply what's going on for them. So that's why I was reluctant to go in that answer because, you know, I, 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 I don't know what, what part, of course, they're um, telling me that they, they can feel more, they can be more present, which is obviously going to um, um, affect on their relationship. But what they are working with me is their own personal experience of life. So that's, that's, that's broader than the relationship or any one relationship yeah. they might yeah. have yeah. Had yeah. So in it's the past affecting or, everything. Yeah. yeah. And their work, yeah. how they can be present at work. Yeah. Anything. And that's the thing also what I'm encountering. Like I'm I'm telling people that I work with sexuality and that then it's it's seen as some kind of like very narrow niche that I'm I'm offering. Exactly. Um, even even if I'm seeing like this is life, this is how you yes. interact, this is how you penetrate life, or uh-huh. this is how you receive and allow life to 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 penetrate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost definitely. like this metaphor for experiencing this what is around us. Yes. Yeah. So it's all. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised when you said like having sex without sexuality. I was like, ah, that can really occur, like that you. Oh, that, yeah. That's really, it's fully like, just <laughs> uh-huh. a body, body, like it's just a. It's yeah. It's, it's just, just mechanical. Bo- it's just exactly, like, yeah. exactly. It's just a body act. Yeah. And and I guess the reason I try to raise that fact with uh, with people and and when I'm working is because there's a darker reality to sexuality or sex. Um, that most of us try to push away from our conscious, regular, everyday mind, which has to do with, you know, abuse and misuse uh, and addiction and, um, you know, violence. And it's a very big part of humanity. It's kind of, it's a, it's a really difficult task to totally push that away because it's, it's, and we see it now everywhere. You know, our, we are living in a moment when our awareness is being ripped open. The curtains are being ripped open, and the sun is bright, and the day is long. And we are looking <laughs> at all of the terrible things that can happen when sex is divorced from our identified sexuality, our full awareness. When we kill our awareness and we only use our bodies and our sex as a weapon or money or Mm. a tool of power, other things happen that we don't like very much about ourselves as human beings. Mm. So it's really, 
very shameful and frightening for people to realize that they have what they call a good marriage and a good friendship and a, and a pure heart and good intentions and great values, but they're using sex as a tool. Mm. And that could be coupled with all these other really scary dark things. And ooh, ouch, that does not feel good. Mm. But what feels even worse is getting toward the end of your life and realizing that you've had those decades without allowing yourself this rich gift that is our birthright, that is every human being's birthright. We're born with this ability. Yeah. So individually, as Maria, you were explaining, if, if someone is individually opening themselves in their body, in their mm-hmm. body awareness, do you hear them or feel them stumbling around and getting to know their sexuality? What's that like? Yeah, it's a, it's a slow process though. Coming back to the body is, is a massive task in, in, in this prevailing society, which is so um, offering the option of what you just described to objectify the body. Yeah. So indeed that, that, that happens, but I would say that first there's so much more <laughs> like mm-hmm. to explore like, oh, okay, this is how it is to feel. Yeah. So I would say the sexuality is coming as it's not the first place where it starts to like kind of play out, but that that definitely is on the line. Like when when people start to explore this, I would say that the the, the first thought is like, okay, I'm gonna work with my sexuality. I'm gonna be this and this and this, and I'm gonna be more open and expanded. Yeah. And when the intimacy of our own bodily experience starts to reveal itself, it is much more delicate than that. You know, it's not about fixing my sexuality. It's almost like, wow, okay, I didn't know what was on the the menu. Yeah. Like, I'm here and I don't know what to do with this. So it could be that people are coming in with uh, quite fixed ideas, like I'm going to... it's almost like this life coaching type of thinking, like, uh-huh. okay, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna be more sexual and independent and la la la. And then the, the, the vulnerability and, and, and delicacy of, of bodily experience starts to reveal itself. Mm-hmm. Delicate. And this, this, is, this is something interesting because we are so not used to how delicate body is, how, how subtle the messages that we get are they are not like it's not going to scream out loud to you yeah it's it's just a fleeting sensation it's a it's a passing moment of shivers it's something that is very very silent yeah and that's a new world that's a new language to learn and also that's a new trusting because the body is not going to scream at you it's not gonna like tell you what to do it's like it's a it's yeah it's a developing a new skill new practice of of curiosity mm-hmm. so it's much deeper than 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 it looks like on the surface
I'm I'm rambling now. I'm Not gonna, at all. I'm, I'm no, getting excited. Goodness. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I wish this for individual people that I work with. I don't yeah. I don't always work with couples. I certainly yeah. I certainly do. It's about a third of my time, but many of the individual people that I work with are are also on that path yeah. of discovering, and they're trying. My form is through talk mm-hmm. and words. Not totally. We we breathe together. We we move together, sure. but it's not uh, uh, it's it's not always obvious to people because we get used to hearing our own voices. Like I'm talking, and we here we are having this beautiful conversation for an hour or so, and I get used to the sound of my voice and the way my mouth, my mind sounds. And my feelings feel when I'm talking. Like, I really get used to myself, my conscious, usual, day-to-day self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's shocking and and frightening to find that it's still or silent inside of me. Maybe even for a long time, many minutes on the clock, before I can begin to feel my body move or change or speak back to me in a reply but i would agree maria it's it's kind it's often a whisper it's a sensation that moves like a like water over your body uh or air or a fog (laughs) but it's 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 the it's the fireworks that we're trained to pay attention to. <laughs> it's the explosions uh-huh. and and things that hit hard. Yeah. And maybe even often coupled with pain. That's mm, another big yeah. topic for another yeah. day. But uh, oftentimes we just would rather it be big and loud. Mm, yeah. And make this big impact. And yeah. somehow that's good. Yeah. Oh, we had good sex. Uh, and what that might have done is maybe walk on or quiet a few other voices that have something beautiful to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to expand from the pain topic like oh, how it yeah. used to wear, but I, I think that's going to go to a that's huge all, that's area a, yes. because it's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's endless. Mm. So, I'll say that. Let's wrap it up there. Yeah, yeah, that was my. I was thinking like, either we like continue for thirty minutes more. Yeah. Or or then we start wrapping up. Yeah, exactly. But here's here's plenty of as as you said. uh, I was also thinking about fear and and like how how that correlates to to love and how, how that's kind of often in the in the way of, of, of love. Um, I'm curious, how, how do you think about this kind of thought? If in a in a very rough sense or um, like um, I'm just sensing that there's two states that we can be in, either fear or love. And this is kind of like a very simplified Simplified. version of of how how it is to be a human being but this has helped me to to kind of like separate a little bit like what's what's present for me like there's always something 
that we are kind of like trying to survive or there's love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny how how often we choose fear, like yeah. because it's somehow in that situation of of of, of choice, you you it, it it can be something that's more comfortable, something that you're used to, yeah. something you know how to handle. But again, yeah, then then love love is is kind of it's in the it's in the unclear, it's in the it's in yeah. the area where you don't know what to expect, right? But then it's been beautiful in, in in like for me when I've been starting to get more and more aware of of this kind of this kind of shift and this kind of love hate relationship mm -hmm. that 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 being being bold and kind of going towards I said love hate and love fear going 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 towards towards fear and 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 facing fear and kind of kind of being in that fire mm -hmm. that can be fearful painful but mm. but kind of the experience and the outcome of that then then that uh, I survived yes. actually it wasn't that scary it kind of it was much more scary kind of going to, towards it mm -hmm. than actually being mm -hmm. like in the in that fire um Mm -hmm. and, and and kind of gaining those experiences it kind of helps it helps going against the fear again <laughs> yeah but but it's really something you have to practice and you have to kind of yeah yeah not choosing fear would be going against our um survival exactly uh, mechanism <laughs> in a way yeah and it's crazy <laughs> so we need to train for yeah. that our, our awareness and our choices to choose going yeah, toward the fear yeah. yeah i agree i agree i like what i like what you're saying and i i do also see that fear and love are rather split and isn't this the strongest experience that we have with other human beings where we stay holding hands with them Mm. Even though we aren't consciously feeling a sense of love, we are not mm. feeling the feelings. Mm. We're not, quote, in love. Yeah. Uh, and we know that either our friend or our beloved other or our family, whatever, is frightened. They're facing some kind of fear or I'm facing my fears and we're staying hand in hand and we're walking forward and we're walking through that experience with each other. And, and that is where love unfolds on the other side, where we can say, I've survived this, we've survived this, we're here. Mm. Isn't that presence? We're here, and we are still here. Mm. And, and that, I, I'm not sure we can get there without this fear experience. Fear is really central, it's very motivating. It also shines a light on exactly what we need to face. <laughs> no mistakes. That's exactly the obstacle. I have to find a way over it, through it, under it, around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and when we talk about fears, I would I would also say that I had the mis uh, misunderstanding of fear. Like I have to do scary things, mm. but <laughs> like. I don't know, jump over the airplane or something. Yeah. And that's not the actual fear. 
the most no, scary more, things yeah. are very close to us, very close to our yes. body. Yes, or in our body. In our body, yeah. Yeah. So staying with, let's say, anger, mm. just experiencing <laughs> that can be very, very frightening experience. And yet that's the real courage that is needed mm -hmm. to, to expand. Mm -hmm. So, or yeah. or how about this one experiencing staying present and grounded when your beloved other is terribly angry at you? Oh yeah! Wow, that's a for huge good one. reason. Yeah, As yeah. In, yeah. You effed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you stay there, and you yeah. can stay there in it. What a reward that is. Yeah. This is just because I'm I'm seeing like this. There's a tendency to go really big like let's travel around the world that's very courageous yeah. yeah yeah even when that actually is not that scary as staying in intimate contact with somebody that you really love and yeah. and respect and they are not at this moment accepting you for yeah. <laughs> or they are angry at you or something like that or they're different yeah yeah so the most most scary things can be very, very small, in a like outwardly very small, very normal looking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hmm. Like it? Yes, we are. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, thank you for inviting us. Thank you. I want to thank you, my listeners. Really happy to have you along. And a big thank you to Yuri Pirinen. He's helping me with the, the sound work and the, the sound you hear in, in the background is, is made by Yuri. And also if you want to know more about the work of Maria or Theris, go to their websites, theresbogan.com or mariatari.com Thanks for being with us. See you soon again. Bye-bye.